Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media, where we play at the weather and eat some sins. That's right. It's. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's right. I am Takeshi, and with me have Santos. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I make myself laugh. Okay. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> So today we are going to talk about Weathering With You. It was directed, written by Mikado Shinkai, and let's hear what the Google Translate will say. Makoto Shinkai. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> close enough. Weathering With You means child of weather. I like that better, honestly, yeah, because Weathering With too. You makes kind of no sense. It makes zero sense. And the music was by Rad Wimps. Again. Again, I guess they're pretty well known. They're a pretty well known alternative rock band in Japan, and they've done quite a bit of work. And they've been around since 2001. So props to them. So it was distributed in 19th of 2019 in Japan, and it's grossed about 14 billion yen, which that is about 193 million, which is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So in August 2nd of 2018, Makato announced that he was making a new feature film and will be released the following year. And the funny thing is, is I guess their biggest criticism about Your Name, which is his film that he did right before, some people didn't like the fact that it didn't make a lot of sense. It made perfect sense. I know. Some people are just. They didn't get it. There was yeah, they a, didn't it was get like、it. a Freaky Friday body swap thing going on, but also a time dimension shift of some sort. That makes sense. I don't know why you're not following. <laughs> and it all had to do with like a Shinto tradition, too. Like that was part of it. So I don't know. I liked it. Even he says that if he had a little bit more budget, it would be more cohesive. Okay. So put that together. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. He promised left and right that it would make a little bit more sense and be a little bit more cohesive. My biggest complaint, I'll, I'll complain about it later. <laughs> let's say something about the plot. Yeah, let's go into the plot. <laughs> okay, so starts off with Hadaka. He decided to run away and go to Tokyo. Through that, there was some happenstance where he gets saved by somebody because he almost fell off the boat that he was on. They don't really explain why 
he ran away or anything, or you, they didn't really talk about that part, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be moving into some relative's house or something, because that's what he told the person who saved him. But I think he was just renting out a hotel or an apartment. I don't know who that guy was. So he kind of just decides that he's going to live on the streets for a little bit. But he ends up calling the guy who saved him. And even though the guy was kind of a dick to him on the boat, he actually took him in and fed him and gave him a gig where all his meals are paid and he gets free room and board and 3,000 yen a month, which isn't much at all. And what he does is they work for this newspaper that reports on... What would you say it was? It was kind of um, a... It's kind of like a Weekly World News in some ways, maybe a little bit more serious, but it's going to be like myths, supernatural occurring things, conspiracy theories, <laughs> stuff like that. X-Files kind of things, or, yeah. in a way, or tinfoil hat that you see on YouTube that people believe in, but there's no real proof except for some weird blurry video of it per se yes so he is their assistant and he helps out him and i can't remember the girl's name let me look up her name really quick but the guy is from your name mr suga and i'm pretty sure he's the character from your name that he was friends with the main character really helped remember he's the one whose (sighs) dad ran the power company or whatever and he had where he was obsessed with like conspiracy theories and stuff there i don't remember this Mm -hmm. so it's a follow like he's actually from that other okay okay so that's kind of a cool thing so they (laughs) maybe (laughs) this is why he started the paper seemed like a seemed familiar and and he was into that kind of stuff in high school oh yeah okay okay i can't remember now it's just we watch so much stuff now and we watch a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) and it goes in one ear and out the other oh my god so he has his own little conspiracy theory paper and attica he's the assistant now and mm-hmm. throughout the movie, he met this girl named Hina, and she proves to him that she could actually change the weather. And by the way, I forgot, it's been raining for some strange reason nonstop in Tokyo. All summer. All summer long, when it should be sunny, it's just raining. It's freakishly raining. And so she can pray to the weather gods and make it sunny for a short period of time. And so that's what she does. And they create this little business. She gets hired to create sun in this one small segment in Tokyo for, like, say, birthday parties or whatnot. And there's all these other weird twists and turns, but I don't feel like if we tell you more, we might ruin it. Yeah, because these movies unfold in a really interesting way. And right. So when you know too much about it, yeah, it does lose kind of the surprise that you get from it. So, yeah, I don't really want to win too much. Yeah, I think that's a good kind of synopsis <laughs> without giving away too much. I did like this movie a lot. I liked so it a I lot, liked actually. I liked it a little bit more than your name, just by a smidgen. Even though the characters look very similar, the art style is similar. 
I mean, art style is really amazing. There's so much detail. But do you think there's product placement? I was a little bit disappointed with like this weird McDonald's thing. And I was like, is this product placement? Because oftentimes in anime, they don't use the real names for things. Yeah, they they'll use, like, like use McDonald's instead. Yeah, and this one used real names. And I was like, are they getting paid? Well, when you think about it, he's getting like real money now since the last anime he did. So he could just kind of pay for that license to have it in there. I just was curious. It was just like, a, it was like, do they do that in animes? <laughs> like in movies? Your name made like gangbusters. So I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And it did really well in the box office and, and even in the reviews, people loved it. Um, I think it got like a 93 in Metacritic. So it did good. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint about this whole entire movie was the translation. I thought the translation kind of sucked. And the worst part about it is I couldn't even switch it to Japanese. Once you've rent it in English, you're stuck in English, and then oh. you have to spend another five bucks to watch it in Japanese. What was wrong with the translation? I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. Um, maybe I'm just like words crumpy. they use or the pacing or how they... And I didn't like the acting much. Especially of the boy. Personally, I didn't like him too much, but everybody else did really good. And he got better throughout the movie because Mm -hmm. he kind of does grow and develop throughout the movie. But I didn't like it at first for like the first 30 (laughs) minutes because I watched it in chunks. I watched the first 30 minutes. I watched the second 30 minutes and then I watched the last or something like that. So I saw about an hour of it and then the last, I separated it too. Like I watched about an hour and then I watched those 45 minutes, something like that. Right. Because I just didn't want all this drama. I will say the main character is kind of, your name, I cared about both main characters. I liked both of them. I liked the girl and the boy so much. But both of these main characters, there's something lacking in their history that you don't know about them. Like, you don't know where he came from, what his family's like, why he ran away. And I think it would have made him a little more sympathetic if we kind of had something a Some little type bit of more background. Yes, yeah, background. All you know is that he ran away. And then mm-hmm. you don't know much about Hana. You know, a little bit, like a smidgen, a tiny bit. And you find it out later, like by chance. And then also the guy who takes him in that he works for, they don't connect that. So if he is the character, I think he is, you'd think he would be a little more sympathetic to what's going on. If he experienced what he experienced in his teenage life. So he was kind of dark at this point because it sounds like he was having a hard time in his personal life, but... He does have a little bit more empathy at the end, but not a lot. Yeah. And I do like the characters, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the guy's niece. I can't remember her name right she's now. She's great. She's like a really fun character. Yeah, I think she's my favorite character. And for mm-hmm. the life of me, I can't remember her name. Oh, God damn it. And Hina's brother is really oh, funny. He is actually way more grown up than Nagi. They call him senpai. I thought that was funny, even though he was younger. They yeah, call yeah. Him senpai because he knew more about girls. <laughs> Like, in about life. And then the niece, I think it's Katsuge. I think so. She was great, too. She had a really fun personality. So if you're into his style of animation and his pacing, then this one's definitely for you. 
It is because it has that whimsical quality. It brings the supernatural and like whimsical to our life, you know, like to have it set in like modern day Tokyo and to cross in like these different traditions and myths and stuff. So it has all of that, which I really love. So I did really like that about it. And it, yeah, carried, it just goes in that your name. Right, right. Category. Another complaint I have, the pacing is a lot like your name, even to the way they jump into the other dimensions. It seems like it was almost at the exact same point as your name. When they're getting chased around by police, I feel like it's in the same area. Even just like the characters and the way, like Hana, okay? Her parents are dead, much like in your name but they don't really no, explain they're that they're not dead in your name one is one is yeah and then one's estranged lives with their grandmother so it's a little bit different but you're right there's parents missing i think when you said that was so funny that they were being chased kind of same time i felt like your name ended stronger than weathering with you oh yeah it ended way stronger worth even the end and there's like weird stuff in Weathering With You that I'm like, why would he have made that choice at the end in that? I just, I don't know. I think your name was, that's why I mean, I thought your name was like more cohesive yeah. or cohesive than this even like to, I think that your name had a better tension built up and suspense built up in it than Weathering With You. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. But I feel like Weathering With You has just a little bit more, is it humanity or something? I don't know. I, I can't I pinpoint it. it right I now. I don't know why, but I, I did like it. I did like it. When I finished it, I was like, wow, that was really good. But I can't explain why it was better than Your Name. Your Name might have felt longer. I don't know. To me, weathering with you felt longer. That's why I Did had it? to take it in paces. And, and yeah. maybe there was like drama with it that where I was like, oh no, something bad's going to happen. I got to stop right now and take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was kind yeah. of a strange day for me it too. Was so. interesting. I really, yeah, there's a lot of things I liked about it. And then as we keep talking about it, it's kind of falling apart. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just watch it. Give it a chance. I really liked it. Um, I think if I watched it in Japanese, I think it would have been a lot better the main character's voice at first. So yeah, I think a first time, if you're going to rent it, I'd watch it in Japanese. Okay. That might feel better. Mm -hmm. You don't care. <laughs> you did. No, it didn't, didn't, didn't bother me that, that much, but you're right. It did. There was some lacking things, but you just kind of have to suspend some of your, you know, and then just go with it. I think it's really beautifully put together. And I think that story is interesting. Check it out on Amazon, and we will be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away 
Hey, podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Storygram Network. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Amber Asylum Sin Eater. And I got to say, this episode is pretty much produced by Santos. Me. Yeah. I chose him. <laughs> yeah, you chose him. So how did you find this? And how do you know Amber Asylum? I know Amber Asylum. I'm very lucky to be in the Bay Area near the Oakland metal scene. And I actually know about Amber Asylum because I know the drummer, Becky Hawk. Okay. This album. So that's how I found out about it. So she was in the band Laudanum, which is her and her husband, Judd and Becky Hawk. And then when they ended, then she went into Amber Asylum with Chris Force. So it's a very local Bay Area band. And they've been around since 97 and they're still going too, which surprised mm-hmm. me. I think it's like a Chris Force, I would say, is similar to like Rasputina, where it's like. Yeah. It's their vision and sound, and then they have a collection of musicians they work with through the years. Right, which is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you found an interview with Chris Forrest because their Wikipedia is kind of lacking, unfortunately. So it was released in 2015, 2016 on Prophecy Productions, and there was a six-year gap between... Bitter River and Sin Eater because she was actually busy remixing and remastering about 93 tracks of her anthology. Yeah, Yeah. so that's what took her so long. The way she actually came up with the concept of Sin Eater was that she listened to her audience at the beginning of the project, and her audience always said that the music makes them cry and it heals them. And so she took that concept and just kind of ran away with it. Sin eating is an allegory of transmutation, theoretically, of a sin eater is digesting the sins and turning them into something else. (laughs) And she sees herself as an actual sin eater, too. I'm not really too sure who helped out with this album because they didn't really say much. It just shows that she has a whole bunch of musicians that help her out here and there throughout the years like your friend that you said mm-hmm. but i can't pinpoint who's who unfortunately oh, on the album too yeah i know obviously chris force is on there vocals and violin too right yeah and bass and bass and then becky's on drums and vocals yeah i saw them live so i get to see this album perform live really yeah, that's it awesome was amazing so what so, kind of drum kit does your friend have i'm not gonna know that <laughs> that's a you would notice that you would know <laughs> how to pick that out i just enjoy the music and it was like a really amazing to watch them play it was all women uh-huh i believe the guitarist's name was fern who was playing that night and i don't know if she's the person on the album too and another violinist as well if i could remember there's yeah four or five people and it was beautiful to hear it live 
The genres are neoclassical dark wave, dark ambient, post-rock, gothic rock, folk metal, and avant-garde metal. And I'm going to have to disagree with that a little bit. Maybe our other albums have that more metal side to it. This has guitars in it, but it's not really the focal point, where to me the focal point was more of the strings, even though sometimes the strings sound like they are doing kind of metal riffs, much like Rasputina does, but it's not like heavy, heavy to me. They're not yeah. distorting the strings. This one has a really cool atmosphere to it. I like the fact that the way everything is panned in it, like the drums are on the left most of the time, and then different things are like spread out throughout the whole entire album, which kind of tripped me out because that's more of a 70s or 60s approach of mixing. So I'm kind of curious why they did that, where normally the drums are, especially like the snare and the kick is like dead center. Yeah, but I do like this album, but it's, I don't think it's metal or whatever they said it was. It's more, would it be chamber rock along, or chamber music? And like along some the of the line? earlier things you described it as like neoclassical. Neoclassical, yes. It has a goth darker tone to it. I feel like the metal is because it's like associated with, there's a lot of people in it that are associated with other metal bands so like when i went to the show it they headlined for metal bands in oakland and so the whole audience was all these like gnarly metal dudes so now did they like, sound heavier live or did it sound like the album it's it's big like there's a really big sound to it okay now were they playing the album from beginning to end or mm -hmm. was it i believe so it was some years ago but yeah i it was and that's what the album feels like, how it should be listened to and played. Because it feels like one, it kind of continues. Yeah, you're right. Each song kind of continues into it. Right. I feel like this should have been on our Gothtober. Right. <laughs> even for next year. Like, I was listening to this the whole entire time. I was like, how come this isn't in Gothtober? Right. It is really good. And I was interested in how you thought it sounded, too, because... I didn't realize it because we were looking at Chris Force's website and stuff that she has her master's in experimental music from Mills College. So I was like, oh, I wonder oh, there we go. how that influences how she produces her music and mixes. And so maybe that's where some of the different types of sounds come in. Right, right. And it's kind of interesting because the guitars are definitely in the background to me. It's not like the focal point, like I said before, where you could hear like the story guitars, but it's just kind of sitting there. There's like a little solo or something to accent the strings more. And then when you listen to the riffs, they do have these heavy parts, but it's all with strings. Mm -hmm. To me, it kind of reminds me of like Black Sabbath riffs or something along that line, the way they're playing it. That's what I really did like about the album. I think I'm going to continue listening to their music and I'm going to check out their catalog. I just didn't have time and I was off in a cloud, I guess, this week. <laughs> I haven't listened to any of the other stuff. I just listened really? to Sin Eater. Like, yeah, it was one of my go-to albums. It was one of the only albums on my phone. Uh, okay. So it's like between this and Vantana Row, it's like what I lived off of <laughs> for a while. I just really love the album. I see it as a... It's one of those albums for me that I can visualize. So right. I have choreography to pieces. Like to me, it's like something I can choreograph to. 
it's like a, a story being unfolded. So I well, really maybe um, for next Gothtober 2021, we could do Breaker of Wings, Blood Witch. Yes. So that's yeah, we'll their latest to album. Bring back Amber <laughs> for Gothtober for sure. I also think it's a very wintry album. Yeah. How come you didn't suggest this during Gothtober? I mean, this is amazing. Five weeks. <laughs> had to cover so many different things still this is an amazing album for that yes yeah uh, but we're gonna do the latest one for sure because they deserve a lot of love they do and chris force has such a interesting long history in the music scene and contributing to different artists and bands through the years right and chris force is also singing mm-hmm. yeah i love her voice it's amazing mm-hmm. it wasn't what i expected which I always like surprises when I'm listening to music. So that's yeah. one thing. I was excited for you to listen to this album. So, cause it's hard to explain. Like people are like, Oh, what type of band is that? I was like, I don't know. It's kind of doomy in some ways. It's very layered and textured and, um, right. This one sounds pretty clean to me though. Mm-hmm. It's very well produced. I guess it took him about six months to record and then a little bit longer to actually mix and master it. It was done with love. Definitely. Do you have any favorite songs? You know, that's the hard part. I listened to it through like a couple times and I, I th- um. well, okay. Here's the thing with the music too, is the shortest song is, let's see here, three minutes and 19 seconds. And then the longest song is about 12 minutes and something. So there's kind of like this buildup. So if you play one part of the song, you're missing out on, other parts in the song. You're totally right. Cause I have some favorite songs and I was like, Oh, we're only going to play like the first 10 seconds or whatever. And you're not going to get the point of the song. Cause it does tell a story. Um, like in that idea, like it builds up in it, they add to it and then it changes. And, um, there are eight songs on there, but it's like an hour in two minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're going to really need to listen to this and, or you could play it in the background. Actually, I was playing a video game while I was listening to this because that's how I listen to a lot of my music while I'm just kind of zoning out. Why not zone out to some music in the atmosphere? And it worked really good. Mm-hmm. One of the genre descriptions is like ambient. Yeah, really. So it, it does. does has that fills up the space. We can play chunks of something. Okay. I'm going to go with Sin Eater. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to play the first 30 seconds, so you're going to miss the yeah. point, guys and girls. Yeah, see, so you're only getting that much of it, and it's a almost a 12 minute song. Well, "Tot" is my favorite song, I think. But what if we played it at three minutes or something? I can't remember where it breaks, but okay, okay, here we go. Hold on. Mm-hmm. 
You see, that was like, what, two or three changes in there. Right? Gorgeous. And that last part that I hit the stop at, that reminds me of a Black Sabbath riff. (laughs) That's so sick. It's so good. I want to say, I mean, I like all their songs. So I want to say Perfect Calm might have like a cool beginning. I can't remember. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's an awesome album. Um, that song alone is seven minutes and 31 seconds. So there's like a great buildup. It felt like the tempo was going to go up a little bit more in that mm-hmm. one too. So it speaks volumes that I like it. And his songs are seven to 12 minutes long. I don't get, you know, because I love a short album, but their music is so well crafted that you love the song no matter how long it is. It doesn't feel long like it's going somewhere the whole time. And it's kind of interesting how everything is mixed, though. That's what really trips me out. And even the era, I think that was still post-Loudness Wars. And I'm surprised it's not as loud as all the other music that came out during that era. I think it was 2016 when they passed the bill where things actually have has to be quieter. So that's a surprise to me. What do you mean quieter? Like you're not allowed to have... Like for people's ears? Well, a lot of people started complaining about how loud the TV was during commercials versus the actual show. And it was because these mastering engineers would drive it so hard that it would be extremely loud, even though it was at zero dB. So they created this whole entire thing with this called loofs. So now you have to be under... 1 dB and minus 12 loops, which is loudness units. Mm-hmm. So and that's, that's for why... music as well. As oh, yeah. TV. Well, I still think TV didn't get it. It's still. Yeah, has a well, shift. they're getting dinged pretty hard for it then. Oh, I hope so. Oh, yeah. It is annoying. It's like you're watching a show and then the commercial comes on and he screams at you. It's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's law. It was passed by the Senate. I just wonder why they did it to the music. Like, I guess it makes sense if you can't change it. Oh, if you listen to music in, what, the 2000s, 2010s, it's a lot louder. No, I have to go back. Yeah, and the only way you could do that on Spotify is you go to your settings 
and then you have to go to you got to turn off that normalize the volume in your settings because it'll compress all the sound for you and it'll make it lower to today's standards. Mm. Well, it makes sense. I guess I don't want it to like <laughs> yeah. pop off randomly and you're like, uh. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you liked this album and I'm glad you're going to listen to it some more. I think it's wonderful and I really like the music. It's a great album. So check it out, all of you. Boys and girls. On Spotify. <laughs> dogs and cats. Check them out when they play live whenever the pandemic's done. I don't know. So anyway, you could find me at all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. Do I follow you on all social medias? I don't know. Do you? I think so. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, I'm not on Twitter. Okay, just join. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Sister Santos. All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah.